0: You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Take Him With You, podcast number 277 for June 29th, 2014. I'm Rick.
2: And I'm Amy.
1: And here we go. we got a great interview for you today. Woo! Cool song.
2: Oh, I (coughs) I guess I should put my headphones back on. Kind of blew my ears off there.
1: do You know what that song's about?
2: I hear music. About hearing music.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the neighbors doing lawn work.
2: I think he's weed eating.
1: Zip, 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 zip.
2: And it's not even Thursday. Usually he does. Anyway, that
1: song is by a band called Kings X, and. The guy that wrote this song, it's all about his Pentecostal grandmother that used to pray and sing over him when he slept overnight there.
2: Aww, I wouldn't have known that with all the heavy metal screaming.
1: No heavy metal screaming.
2: I think there was a little, ah, yeah. What? Yeah.
1: No. Uh
2: huh.
1: I don't think so. Uh
2: huh. How do you.
1: Headphones going off again. Just the guitar solo. Yeah,
2: yeah I you're, heard. You're making a feedback.
3: I heard
1: some. Oh, oh. No, you didn't.
3: Yeah, I did. I now ready.
1: It. Now listen to the music. Listen to what he says.
3: Ready. my head. I hear
2: music, oh Lord. Music, music, I hear music, music, I hear music, 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 oh, oh, oh That is screaming.
1: Yeah, well, it's good screaming. Anyway, the reason I'm playing it. Is it's twenty five years to the day that this album was released? Wow! Gretchen goes to Nebraska.
2: Gretchen goes to Nebraska. Yeah,
1: you're really paying attention a lot because uh, you're well, reading my, somebody's my phone. My
2: daughter wanted to say something, but they didn't want to interrupt our podcast. Well, welcome
1: so. everybody to the Taking with You podcast, and had to okay. explain the song to my wife. Hello,
2: Catherine says hi.
1: Oh, hi, Cat. She doesn't usually want to be on the podcast so I kind of like, huh? I'm uh,
2: just in here. So. She Watch out for the dog us. throw up. She's been
1: There's she's, dog throw up on the ground.
2: Well, I have to clean up its grass. She ate grass and then, yeah. Our daughter? No. No, the dog. The dog. Oh, not yeah. the cat. I, and <laughs> have to be <laughs> right <there>. we have <laughs> to be specific since we live in Washington state. She ate some of our lawn, not the other kind of grass.
3: What?
1: Oh. My my wife likes to Bring that up. To make
3: pot jokes. (laughs) It's
2: okay. She does it all all the time. I don't do it all the time, (laughs) but our dog ate some of our lawn. That kind of grass. Her tummy must have been upset.
1: So we watched a couple movies.
2: Yes, we did.
1: And if you want to watch it before I take it back, Catherine, you can watch the. uh...
2: Oh, the Chris Pine one? Yeah. Yeah, you'll watch the Chris Pine one.
1: Kira Knightley and Chris Pine. In Jack Jack Ryan Ryan Shadow Recruit did it have
2: a good plot. In it? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. You'll yeah. like it because it has Chris Pine in it. Well, I want it to have substance it does have too. a good plot.
1: It does. And it has a love story.
2: Yeah. Okay. Between a, like a
1: man that. and his dog.
2: And then we got another one that we don't usually rent rated R movies but well, that was but R. R? I think guys. that no, wasn't. Was rated R? No. you better go check I, think, I don't think
3: it was I what think was
2: Pompeii it? was because of the violence there's a lot of blood in it but it, it, other than the violence it wasn't
1: it was basically gladiator with a volcano Yeah. that's basically what it was
2: there was a lot of violence
1: so I don't know if I liked any of the movies that we watched but eh, whatever they
2: weren't bad I mean they weren't ones that I go out and buy but Catherine would like watching the Chris Pine one just because it has Chris Pine in it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, and then our dog just farted. Ugh.
2: <laughs> okay, I think we need to do our intro. No, over. we're fine. We're fine. You're okay, go. About dogs, get the dog. Take the dog. Dogs away. gas Ooh, and dogs, weed.
1: <laughs>
2: dogs throwing. Up. I'd like to get my mama back. It's going
1: to be a great weed. podcast today because <laughs> we're not going to talk very much because we have a great interview for you.
2: Yeah. Yep. um, But before
1: we get to the interview.
2: Yeah, I just hit my mic. Sorry.
1: We have a a brand new promo from our friends, Bridget and Sean Vanderloo. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Let me see if I can find it rusted. There it is. I got to turn it this minute. Okay, now I save the promo. How do I save it? You go like this, save. How do you do it? How do you save that? Oh, there. Okay, so June, this is Rusted Robot Promo, June 2014. Where do I save it at? I'm going to save it on the desktop. On hey, everybody, website. just ignore me while I get this together. Watch your talk or something. I
2: was asking Catherine to go get matches because the dog's having stomach problems. Ask me
1: for a match.
2: Uh, No, I won't, because you'll say I haven't had a match since Superman died.
1: How would you know? Boy, is that what I sound like?
3: Because that does sound very nice.
2: (laughs) I was trying to do a masculine voice. How well did I do? You know, my daughter just gave me one of the best compliments ever tonight, or this afternoon, whenever it is. We were talking about how... It was really important to me when the kids were younger that I read to them often. Okay. And so we always read during school time, but then at bedtime, I always read that to them. I
1: really have a match. It's the sulfur from the match. It's okay. It's you okay. It's
2: a scented candle. It'll help. Right. So I was telling about the sweet compliment that you gave to me. It made uh-huh. me. It made my mama's heart get all warm and fuzzy because she said. I can take this as an insult to him, though. Well, that's okay.
3: What? Are you talking? <laughs> am I missing something that I don't know about? What? Well,
2: okay. because, um, you know, a lot of times Rick had evening meetings, so quite often I would put the kids to bed. Sometimes he would say, "Let if it wasn't too late, he'd say, keep the kids up till 9 or 9.30 because I want to see them, you know. So I'd try, but I I put the kids to bed the majority of the time, and I would read to them she at bedtime. She doesn't remember anyway. I put them to bed a lot. And we always read at bedtime and Catherine gave me the sweetest compliment. She said, You know, Mom, when anyone else read to us, it just wasn't the same. You did a good job reading.
1: She said more, didn't she?
2: (laughs) Well She did, she did. She said more because I can (laughs) tell
1: you're both got this awkward look on your face.
2: Okay, so mom had like uh, uh, she did a little bit of acting already, but not a ton, just like what, enough. What kind of uh, acting? Well, like, I you know, I like just changed bit, like, the, voices the voices a little, a little bit. bit. Where when dad would read, he would go all out and be like so over dramatic that you kind of lost the <coughs> story. <laughs> no, no, you would be fine with the story. It just you you would be more energized after the story instead of. More relaxed, relaxed, ready to go to sleep. So, so dad would kind of like you know get us more like hyped up, where mom kind of relaxed us with her reading, is the only difference. My voice was also like babysitters or something. Mm. They would they would they would read differently than my parents. So my first choice was mom and then dad and then babysitters. I was like no, (laughs) but we didn't do we didn't have very many babysitters though. So. Yeah, I not have to worry about that too much. We couldn't afford a lot of babysitters when you were there Once upon a time. You were stuck with us. <laughs> there lived three
3: pigs.
2: Yes. Rick always did very dramatic voices. No.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, now we're going to play the rusted robot promo. We'll okay. be right back.
0: What are you guys doing? Huh? What are you
3: guys doing? Listening Listening to to static! static. What? Listening Listening to static! Kate, what? Didn't you know all the cool kids are doing it? Hey guys, guess what? I found something even cooler than static. Cooler than static? Nothing's cooler than static. Yep, it's the Rusted Robot Podcast. So cool, it's better than static.
0: The Rusted Robot Podcast. <laughs> it's better than static. Search the Rusted Robot in a podcast store near you. No robots were harmed in the making of this commercial. No substitutions, results may vary. Rusted
2: Robot. What do you think? That was very cute. It seems like they have a very fun family.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to have a fun family if you lived with two geeks like that. (laughs) You know?
2: Yeah, well, our kids grew up with geeky parents, so...
1: So, my dear, what happened in your life this week?
2: Oh, I had a really busy work week. Um, I was kind of over... Trying to get over um, Catherine's graduation party. I don't think I've totally recovered from all of that. (laughs) And then... um, very busy work week, and then, well, last night, we kind of, Catherine was house-sitting, so we had the house to ourselves, so we had a movie night, so that was fun, and... Um,
1: yes, it was.
2: What did we do? Oh, we I brought home takeout Chinese food, too.
1: Yes, you so did.
2: So, we kind of had a night off um, of cooking, and we just had a lazy night, and that was fun so what was your week like wow you were
1: quick you just like went right through that i got my lens back
2: yes you're very happy and already have taken a lot of macro photography oh it's so nice to
1: have it working again they had to replace a bunch of stuff inside of it and so now my fancy camera lens works great so i'm happy did a bunch of other stuff Mm -hmm. uh worked on a big song project and i bet you that uh, michael wouldn't mind if we played his song on here when he gets it done We'll have to do that.
2: You'll have to ask him, I bet. He'd yeah. probably be okay with yeah. that, but we'll check for sure. Well, we have to ask yeah, since part of the contract. Since he's buying if it. I wanna,
1: if I want to play it, I have to ask him.
2: Yeah, that would be nice.
1: Yeah. So I did I did uh, some music there, and I also finished some other things and started work on a couple of other things. And so, yeah. I'm right now
2: trying to line up more work. <laughs>
1: I've got more songs to do now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that should be good, and... uh um, got called to go preach tomorrow. So I'm headed to do that. Uh, so I have to work on my sermon. It's a last-minute thing. I, I wasn't planning on it. So
2: mm-hmm. so that's cool. You'll, you'll do fine. I remember when you used to work in ministry full-time, that sometimes, I can't remember, when you when you worked at the Union Gospel Mission as a director of development, for some reason you were in between men's directors or something and so i can't how many times did you figure you preached in like
1: it was about 17 times uh, in
2: in a couple weeks yeah. or but you it know, was a that's, lot so i mean you know and when
1: we say the word preach it's really preaching sharing, se, it's sharing
2: sharing some scripture and I can talk, what it means obviously. to you yeah, yeah.
1: So. so that's what i'll be doing and oh, gosh there was something else i was going to say Hmm. All I know is that next week's going to be a really busy week. Uh, We have uh, the 4th of July holiday, and then two days later I have a big wedding out in Quinault that I'm doing, filming and taking pictures, so that means you're going to be helping.
2: Yeah, I need to get that on my calendar, too. Yeah, you do. Because I've been like, people are asking me, can you do this then, can you do that? And I'm going, I have to check with my husband because he's got so many weddings and stuff and then i've got another
1: wedding um on the 23rd i think it's a wednesday
2: and then august 1st we're doing the filming of our our, pastor's wedding as kind of a wedding gift to her yeah Yeah. so So
1: i got a lot of things lined up i'd love to do more um photography jobs it's a lot of fun i enjoy it yeah Yeah, I like I like the diversity of what I do because I not only do I do music and voiceovers and stuff like that, but I do photography and I do uh, videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I did that's the other thing I did for this company that does um, these really cool rulers that they use in quilting on a machine. I did uh, demonstration videos for their product that they designed, Mm -hmm. and I got three of those done and did that this week.
2: These plastic discs that do quilting patterns yeah
1: i'll have to share some of the videos for i mean if you're a quilter you'd like them if you're not you'll go huh mm-hmm. but they're only a minute and a half long each so and there's three of them
2: yeah yeah
1: so that's i was busy this week so that's good yeah okay there you go that's what i did
2: that's what you did so because we have are are we going to split this interview into two i
1: think we are uh we we had the privilege to sit down uh over skype And talk with our good friend, longtime listener, Greg Blanchard, who has the Inappropriate Conversations podcast, as well as Walk the Earth podcast.
2: And we found out, which you'll hear, that he's been listening to our podcast for about four years, and that's quite an honor. Yeah,
1: we're we're blessed by that. So um, anyway, it was a great conversation, and it has to do with when we talked about millennials not going to church. But this isn't really—I don't know how to describe it. It's fascinating Greg is the kind of guy that you could sit and listen to all day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's intelligent, but compassionate. and But he has interesting things to say. He thinks out stuff before he talks. And so when he does talk, it's really quite cool. And I like listening to his podcast because he always challenges me to think a little bit differently than maybe I did before. And we actually get to know him a little bit better, talk about his background, uh, the kind of things that he does, some of his opinions here and there. But uh, we're going to split the interview in two because we ended up talking to him for over an hour. And so we're going to do a half hour at a time. So this week we'll do this one and then we'll play part two the week after that. And then probably my message from tomorrow morning the week after that. So it'll it'll be something. And we still
2: still have a a suggestion from Stefan in Australia that we need to cover, too, about... kind of the idea of fandom taking the place re- of replacing
1: religion or or yeah yeah or
2: organized
1: we talked a little or, bit about that yeah. in the in the uh, interview today but I think you'll really enjoy it we will be back at the at the end of the first half here in a, in a little bit and we'll close and then we'll get ready to go so yeah anything else no nope. all right okay here we go this is uh, our interview with Greg Blanchard With us today is one of our friends that we've actually never met in person, but we've uh, definitely had chats together and and uh, have Facebooked and uh, Twittered and
0: just about have, everything have else.
2: Have we played Words with Friends, too?
0: I'm not sure. Do we play Words with Friends with you, Greg? No, the only thing that manages my time is that I refuse to play any games whatsoever.
2: Yeah, that, that's, I, just
0: don't, I don't know where the time would come from if I tried. That's yeah.
2: the only one I play, and sometimes I'll go two or three days in between playing it, but I try to play it every evening before bed because um, I have a pastor's wife that I grew up with <laughs> that she gets really upset at me if I don't play Scrabble okay. with Do her every day. Do you realize
1: day. that within
3: 20 we're seconds, we're already on trail. a rabbit trail. Yes,
2: that, that's, well, that's us. That's just well, with,
1: us. Well, with us today on Skype, um, on our program, is none other than Greg Blanchard. Uh, Greg is a great guy. I'm going to let him do some introducing because he has his hands in a lot of different things. But uh, uh, I have listened to his podcast on several occasions and have had some great conversations with him. And he feels like a kindred spirit, uh, a brother from a different mother. So everybody,
0: welcome Greg Blanchard. Welcome.
2: Yay.
1: We're clapping
3: for you.
0: Well, I, I probably should start by answering some questions from the last couple of podcasts because Ohio seems to be one of those hard states to remember. It's kind of in the middle. <laughs> <I> <laughs> it know. is. Yeah. It is. And
2: I get it mixed so, up with with the other one that's only four letters and a lot of the same letters.
0: Yeah. We're, Iowa we're, I've never Ohio. been to Iowa. You've okay. never been to Iowa? No. Hmm. My wife has been there before, but I don't think I've ever crossed the border. Wow. Um, been in Missouri, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas—you know that part of the country a lot—but mm-hmm. Iowa somehow always gets skipped. But uh, no, we're from Ohio, mm-hmm. and been here about sixteen years now. And before that, we lived in Kansas, so we've always been sort of in the middle, as far as where we live. Um, from an online perspective, I'm—I can be found at inappropriateconversations.org. I am the host of an audio blog podcast called Inappropriate Conversations, and a year ago, I started an extra one on the same feed called Walk the Earth. And so they both kind of appear at that same website, inappropriateconversations.org. But beyond that, I've been on a ton of different shows. And, and it was funny, you guys mentioned Trex and Sci-Fi. Trex and Sci-Fi is one of the ones that I that I haven't been on and I only listen to occasionally. So I don't often promote it. But on Inappropriate Conversations, it's not unusual for people to hear promotions for Take Him With You or for Anomaly. Right. Um, in the past, I think I've promoted Waffle On and Appy Times and other shows that are part of the sphere of yeah. Trex and sci-fi and Take Him With You. Yeah, I've appeared as a, as a guest on um, Movies You Should See, most recently the Christmas Story episode, right <laughs> before Christmas last year, <laughs> and uh, The Greatest Events in Sporting History. It's unusual if a year goes by when I'm not on that one. Uh, just did a For Those About to Rock on one of Ozzy Osbourne's early albums a wow. couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Um, so it really, and do ask, do tell, I've, I've been on that one before. So a kind of a broad spectrum and most of those are related to simply syndicated. Um, even, uh, an appearance I did on the life of dad after show, I consider that to be a subsidiary of masters of none, which is part of simply syndicated. So wow, it's not unusual for people to hand me a microphone as long as they keep doing it. I guess I'll keep participating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think, you know, you also have a, a big presence on social media, whether you realize it or not. I i don't know how intentionally you are with it, but it's uh, always thought-provoking. The articles that you post and the things that you say and the conversations that you bring up, um, the topics are always um, fascinating and interesting and always challenge me, which I love. So I don't know if you realize how effective your social media is, but it's great.
0: Well, I was dragged in kicking and screaming. I I had a friend of mine in Dallas who who kind of made a good joke about it a couple of years ago. She said, I thought you said you'd never be on Twitter. And literally, <laughs> I, I had said on a podcast that don't expect me to ever be on Twitter. I don't want to spend the time. And then about three weeks later, I was on and I told her, I said, I did the same thing with Facebook. Truth be known, I did the same thing with the Internet in the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, I keep saying I would never do something. And then uh, <laughs> the good news is I don't I only do it because it happens sort of organically. Right. Um, I joined Facebook to help promote somebody's music and you know, and I said, well, if I'm here, I might as well like things I like. And the next thing you know, you're having conversations with people.
1: That's right. And I think, um, Amy did the same thing with me. She, she actually was on Facebook at, before I was
2: only because one of my favorite authors was going to have a chat. I saw in her newsletter. So she I did got on it email, that way. and well, so I, I got on. I have to get a Facebook chat. So
1: ne- and it's program, so funny. So I could chat with her. It wasn't, but about six months later, and I was on. Yeah, Facebook, and then it took off, and now I got a bunch of friends, and I use it actually. You had
2: MySpace though before, right? That. I had MySpace. Yeah. Before so that. you had, and you had sure. Twitter, and all that stuff. Sure. I but, just do Facebook.
1: But my <laughs> most my most exciting thing for social media is. Being able to have such a diverse variety of, of people that I'm friends with. And, you know, I, some of them I've never met. And then some of them we've met up.
2: Well, and some that, yeah, some people that we've reconnected to that we haven't yeah. seen since maybe grade school. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, wow, it's cool. You're doing that. You have grandkids. Well, or for whatever, instance, you know? I've, like,
1: I've wow. never gone to one of my high school reunions ever. But now, after being on Facebook and talking to a bunch of my high school buddies, We're gonna. I'm going, taking my wife to our thirtieth class reunion coming up next month. So, and I'm fine with it. I before I didn't really want to go because I wasn't in touch with anybody and all this stuff. And now I'm gonna go, and all because of social media. Go figure.
0: So that's exactly it. I went to my tenth reunion, and the people that I wanted to see the most didn't come. Right. So I I felt kind of a little bit out of place, a little bit out of sorts. But now, if I were to go again to a reunion. I have reconnected with some of these people more on Facebook than ever before. And I would already know they're going to come.
1: Yep. yep. We would have talked about it. Yeah. You know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So, Greg, before we get into asking you a few other questions about um, about the topic that that we promised everybody we would talk to you about, um, tell us a little bit about how you found the Take Him With You podcast. Because this is kind of a cool story. And we always like hearing um, how we connected. So tell us a little bit about how you discovered us.
0: Yeah, I was trying to remember the exact episode it was. And the funny thing is, I think that this is perhaps not unusual for some people. I don't remember the topic of that show, but I remember the yeah. discussion beforehand. Um, Anthony is a friend of mine from an online friend I've never met from England. And a couple, maybe four years ago, so however long ago it was, he sent me um, a private message on a forum. We were both part of the Simply Syndicated forum. And he said, you should listen to Take Him With You. I really enjoyed the latest episode. It made me think. It reminded me of you. And um, he said it's the one where they talk about going to District 9. So <laughs>
3: that that's funny. how long
0: ago it was. District 9 was in the theaters back then. Oh, my. So I listened and, you know, was intrigued enough to listen the next week and then went back to the back catalog. And, oh, my. Um, surviving Churchianity, the two-part conversation with, I think it was Jen and Jen her and husband, Dave, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prepared me for some things I didn't know were coming. but um, I went through some of the same stuff.
1: Yeah. And um,
0: the the muse you use was an episode that basically, when I was at that tipping point of deciding, do I start a podcast? Yes or no. Wow. um, Hmm. The episode, the muse you use was one of the tipping points that says, yeah, it's probably sinful to have thoughts and ideas, especially thoughts and ideas that are related to your faith and to not share it for, for no reason. Your reasons better be better than fear. Right, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: That's interesting. You do you know that I get more email on that episode, and more people telling me how much it ha- has helped them. I have actually people that keep it on their iPod and still listen to that episode.
2: Yeah, when, oh, it's on
0: my it's on my iPod.
2: One uh, writer we know has listened yeah. to it over and over. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Friend from Australia really enjoys that episode too. Well, that's good to know that uh, that something we've done helps people. <laughs> yeah,
2: sometimes we wonder if we're just you know, just talking. (laughs) So that's good. Well, I
0: decided a long time ago that because I'm an audio blog, Uh I am always going to be just talking (laughs) unless, unless I expand the format and and try to start doing interviews. So I've just got to get used to it that I'm okay. If it, if I, if I were to have no listeners and it were to be discovered 10 years after I'm dead by my kids, I've got to keep recording from that perspective.
1: Right. And
0: of right. course having listeners is all the better. Yeah.
1: Yes, it always is nice when you know somebody's actually <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's always helpful. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, I, and I have to say that you are also one of the one of our listeners that is um fairly quick to if you liked something or something Kind of uh, perked your interest. <laughs> you actually get feedback from you, and yeah. you've also been really, really wonderfully generous over the years too. And we really appreciate that. So, thank you for being an awesome listener and um, and becoming a good friend of ours too. So, thank you.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. I, I, I guess to a degree, we both should be thanking Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Because the, th- the thing about the internet is there are so much. There's so much out there, right? And I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want iTunes to create tears for podcasts yeah yeah. and put people into level three or level four i think it's it's okay that it's so completely alphabetically democratic yeah but it does make it hard to find things
1: it does it really does and i mean i remember when i first got my first ipod actually the first podcast i ever heard was treks and sci-fi because i just looked up star trek free podcast star trek and that's what came up so that was the first thing i ever listened to and i got hooked right away
2: yeah, and we and, listen to it together. But there is
1: a podcast for everything and multiple podcasts for everything. For
2: everything
1: yeah. It's amazing how many people want to speak their mind and and everybody's vying for everybody's attention. So we're just blessed and privileged and honored when somebody actually listens to us. And I know you feel the same way. It's great when somebody actually enjoys what you're saying. So it's a great yeah. opportunity. And And nowadays, especially living in nowadays, this is a different time on the planet Earth. A time when every person if they have a computer and some recording equipment can be heard and that has really never happened before uh, where you have a worldwide platform where you can share your ideas which is really it's amazing time now i know some people you know i mean especially in like church situations are they scared of the internet and saying it's bad because it has pornography or whatever on it but in particular It's an amazing tool to be able to share what you believe with other people and connect with people that you never would have connected with. We wouldn't have, Greg, we would have never known each other if it wasn't for the Internet.
0: Yeah, the odds of running into each other were incredibly small. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. and we, we we may have because you have a relative in Washington State, but the fact is we probably never would have.
0: I could see it happening if we were both happening to be in Seattle because we were both visiting friends and happened to be at the Sci-Fi Museum right. downtown Right. at Rick, the same Rick time. Rick could
2: probably make that happen just to meet you at the Sci-Fi Museum. <laughs> yeah, I w- it doesn't take a lot to get him to go there. Um, we've, we've what are you met, trying to say? We've met other friends um, at the Sci-Fi Museum from different podcasts yeah, or yeah. or Forums and stuff, and spent the day with them and had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, very much. Because they do change it, so it's not like you're going to see the same. We've gone two or three times. Yeah, and each time it's it has a lot of different.
1: They change it up.
2: Things there.
1: It's cool there, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay, so, Greg, yes, you are on several different podcasts, several different times a year. You have two of your own podcasts. And you bring up things that are rarely talked about now in in church circles. Uh, Maybe they're talked about behind the scenes, but they're not brought up from the pulpit a lot or it's a taboo to talk about them during the service or whatever. What what is the motivation behind that? Because, I mean, inappropriate conversations to begin with. It's an interesting title. Um, and and you do talk about things that a lot of people might consider inappropriate. So um, tell us why you do that. How does that work, and, and and what's the reason behind all that?
0: Well, you know, in some ways that's the point. Um, I had a, I have a friend from the Sunday school class at the church we used to go to who said she had a relative who, if you were over at his house and brought up a conversation about politics or religion or certain parts of popular culture— that you'd be asked to leave. Wow. That Thanksgiving really? dinner could be over in a heartbeat. Her <laughs> wow. uncle could tell her before the main course was even served, um, if you're sharing Jesus with me or if you want to talk about, you know, uh, some bill in Congress, get out. Wow. And I thought, you know, that is so not me. I am the person who tends to bring up the things that aren't supposed to be talked about at the dinner table. Right. And I don't <laughs> Sometimes I'm at the dinner table. Sometimes I'm somewhere else. Sometimes I'm in a Sunday school classroom. Right. So to me, it's always been about saying we're not really that well served if Christians don't talk about the things that matter. And we're certainly not well served if we let all the, if all the conversations about morality come from politicians, we're probably in big trouble. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Big, big trouble.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I try to talk about those things that I think, either don't get discussed and kind of need to get discussed or to try to find the margins and the gray areas where some people are so committed to, to black and white, you know, and I'm the one who will be sitting there saying, you know, if, if the Bible tells us that women aren't supposed to preach, then help me understand why Jesus met a woman at the well. And for the first time, if you lay out the gospels chronologically, so How deeply into his ministry was he? This is right at the beginning of his ministry. It's John chapter four. Right. And it's earlier than the accounts that you'll find at the beginning of Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's it's early. Why does he tell her he's the Messiah that early? Mm. And what does he expect her to do? Because if she goes out and tells everybody in town, I have seen the Messiah, you should go talk to him. He has sent a woman to go preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. And if women preaching the gospel, is that unacceptable? I mean, that, if that's what you think, I'm willing to listen to you and talk to you about it. But we got to meet here at Jesus, and if Jesus not only says it's okay or doesn't say it's not okay, but that's how He chooses mm-hmm. to ex to implement His ministry, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it Jesus's way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and those first, those kind of things force yeah. people to think.
1: Well, why why do you think, Greg, that people take the Bible out of context so much? What is it just for their own agenda, or because it's always been this way, or because of the patriarchal society that we live in? Or what do you think that that is? Why Why does that happen so much?
0: Well, you know, I, I read a C.S. Lewis quote just a couple of days ago that I probably had read before, but you know how it is, you you see the words anew every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Especially with a good theologian. Yeah. And he basically said that there are a lot of things that, you, that, that Christianity can do for you. Uh, it can challenge you, it can lead you, but comfort's not one of them. Yeah. And so many people think that people who are deeply spiritually religious are only doing it because they're seeking comfort. And I think that they think that because they see it all the time. So when someone is kind of defending the tradition and the way we've always done it around here, Mm -hmm. especially if they do that in a way that seems to interfere with the gospel, you know that what they're doing is that they're trying to find comfort. Hmm. They want to do what their parents did and what their grandparents did. And none of us want to admit that probably in the middle of the 1800s, Christianity took a very wrong turn. Yeah. And that if we look at it seriously and say a lot of the assumptions that were made back then by that group of Christians that somehow became very influential if we were to challenge those ideas today we would probably reject them. But yeah. now if if somebody's going to make a Christian movie today it's probably going to be on this left behind concept. Right. But right. the left behind concept is not a proper reading of revelations. Yeah. So it's you know it came around in the middle of the 1800s, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And so, we
0: think it's been around forever because you always assume that everything that was said before you were born was said right forever
1: ago since the beginning of time. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, in fact, when you start reading about the early church, it was far different than what churches become.
2: Can I say what I was sure. wanting to uh, break? Abso- in you can a say whatever ago. you'd like to say. I um, mean, you were talking about um, <clears throat> this is another one of my soap boxes, but. About women sharing the gospel mm-hmm. when Jesus rose from the grave.
1: Who's the first person? The he first shared? people yeah. he
2: asked to to share were women. And that in the first century, um, according to the book I read um, that YWAM put out, over 50 percent of the first century churches were started by women. And so, Which would, anyway, be, that which was would be completely
1: appropriate because, in God's eyes, men and women are the same when it comes to their spiritual status and their worth.
2: So, anyway, I, I just wanted to say that. Now you guys can go back to talking what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> Why, thank you, dear. All
2: right. But, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff.
1: Well, a, a few weeks ago, we started some conversations that kind of, I don't even know how we came up with it. Oh, yeah, I read an article. Um, and I can't remember the, the gentleman's name that blogged about it, but he uh, wrote an article about why millennials
2: don't go to church
1: are not going to church. And so we read through like six or seven reasons that he had put down
2: or maybe 10.
1: And and then we got, as we're discussing it, as we often do, <laughs> we uh, posed a question and said, you know, hey, why write write into us or let us know or an audio comment or something on why or why not. Or 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 why or why you don't go to church, and we got some fascinating responses. Mm-hmm. And one of those responses was from you. So <laughs> we would we were we got to talking about it, and actually, all of, you can actually listen to our program when all of a sudden we went ding. Let's have Greg on the show. We've never yeah, had we've Greg never on the show. never him on
2: the show, and he's good at talking about things, so let's have him on the show.
1: So when we asked this question, you wrote a great, a great letter, in, and, and when I read it, I just sat there and went, this could be a whole conversation in its own. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your answer was about why do you go to church or why do you not go to church? What did you answer, um, and what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, there's two parts. I think first I'll give the really traditional answer, and that's I think that if you really care about people who are hungry and uh, people who are have been uh, victims of abuse and disenfranchised, there's more good you can do with the help of other people who have different spiritual gifts than you than if you try to go it alone. Right. So I I think that it's important to be part of a church because I may not have, I may not be effective at caring for somebody by myself. Right. I may need somebody else to participate in that activity or or truthfully, I may need to just be a a pawn in somebody else's game that somebody else's leadership is important. Right. But the other reason that I go to church and that I've always tried to participate in small groups when I'm in church is that I think that a lot of the people in the world today who are in the greatest spiritual peril are people who are inside the church. Wow. And they're not going to if they go the path they're going it's highly unlikely that our polarized society where the millennials would rather not go to church than ask questions that they don't feel like they're, they've been empowered to participate mm-hmm. and they're not going to go just to fill a spot. Um, somebody needs to be able to go and sit down and, and ask those questions. And so, you know, one example from earlier in this show was, uh, if I was with people who had a really strong opinion about women in ministry, I would try to very gently and lovingly and scripturally, Ask them to explain that position just a little bit better, <laughs> right? Because, right. You know, and by asking those kind of questions and by doing it in the context of Bible study and Sunday school, I'm I'm convinced because I've been told that people have changed their points of view, maybe not moved from one extreme to the other. I don't think that's ideal either, but modified their position. Somebody who would never go to hear a woman speak at a uh, at a religious convention, right. Maybe they go this time because they wouldn't have had somebody not sort of challenged their worldview on that. Yeah. And so you get all these people with all these entrenched positions where they're only hearing from people that agree with them, or maybe they only hear things that they agree with because even the people that disagree with them don't speak up, or just smile and nod. Yeah. I'm not a smiler and a nodder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so has that brought frustration into people's lives or do you do it in such a way that it that it just brings up the fosters this great conversation?
0: Oh yeah, I'm human. Uh, I led a Sunday school class for a while where when we got to the book of Revelations, a couple of people just left the class and stopped attending. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I asked the question of whether they really believed, and Rob Bell said it better in a book called "Jesus Wants to Save Christians." Right. But <laughs> so I'm not sure how much of this was my words or his words, but. Yeah. I said, do you really think that John wrote a letter to a church in a place like ancient Philadelphia and um, that church in what's currently Turkey was reading it and thinking to themselves, you know, all these prophecies are going to be really great a thousand years from now when Jesus comes back. (laughs) Or were they reading them because John knew they needed to know about a persecution that was imminently going to occur or maybe already happening. Mm. And that 18 or 19 of the chapters in the book of Revelations are there because the people that John actually wrote those letters to, those seven churches needed to hear that right then and right there. Right. Mm-hmm. I asked that question, and, and although we still saw them in church, we never saw those two people in Sunday school again.
1: Because they just couldn't handle that. But,
2: you know, there's been a lot of money that's been made.
3: Oh, my gosh. Off
2: of um, books and movies about Revelation. end-time prophecy and that it's going to happen exactly this way. And... I know Rick and I have, we sometimes, uh, unfortunately, we sometimes just do that smile thing that you were talking about because when Rick will preach, it, it's very common for someone to come up to him afterwards and talk about this end-time prophecy teacher, that end-time prophecy teacher. Or you got
1: to go to such and com.
2: And it's like, I don't know. We're just kind of like, more pan theologist that if you believe in in christ jesus it's all going to pan out
0: <laughs> in the end, in the end. I, I believe in the holy spirit yeah. i think that if it pans out differently than what we expect yeah. the holy spirit's job according yeah. to john's gospel is to correct enlighten fill in the gaps yeah. support yeah. if uh, if we start seeing things which are an anti-type fulfillment of the Book of Revelations and it doesn't play out exactly the way we think. Uh, you know, Christians should believe that the Holy Spirit will tell us.
1: That's mm-hmm. right. That's you right. Yeah. Know? Instead and of, then we'll hear it. Oh no, it's not happening the way Chuck Smith prophesied. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I what mean are we do and then?
2: I'm sure people have meant well when they've they've laid out these formulas, but it's interesting. Rick actually worked for a Christian TV company.
1: I worked for T B N, Greg. I'm, oh I boy. try
2: not to use names, but it's interesting when, he, you know, we they, used They to, actually
1: bought the radio station I was managing. and
2: We used to watch a lot of Christian TV because we only had two channels, and one was TBN and the other was a very fuzzy channel. Fox. Fox, Channel whatever.
1: 13, had Star Trek Next Generation on Rich it. Which Rick
2: was really happy about. Yep. But other than that, we watched a lot. And it was interesting because if, if you go from year to year and you watch the different prophecy teachers... They have a different seven countries that are going to be turning into 10 countries that are going to, you know, and it's like, oh, really?
1: Everybody's <laughs> got their angle and they all want you to send 2495
2: to get the newest book
1: and, <laughs> and a holy water and a splinter from the
0: cross.
2: I don't know. So anyway, we're a little bit jaded. So go on.
1: Well, <laughs>
0: there's a there's a lot of people in this country today who believe that. Um, We're supposed to be a Christian nation in the same way that perhaps the early era of of ancient Judah and Israel were. And I, I have actually from the pulpit been a guestly speaker and talked about Mark chapters eight and nine and kind of called out that when Jesus is talking about salvation and what he's doing differently, he's talking about any one of us. If any one of you, you know, picks up your cross to follow me. Jesus basically said this is no longer a collective thing, right? Mm -hmm. I've come, I've changed the rules. It's me and you. And, you know, you're not going to be saved because the right guys in the White House and you're not going to be in peril because the wrong guys in the White House. It's me and you. And I'll have people come up to me after that and thank me and say that was a very thought provoking message. They never thought about that way before. They're going to take that to heart. But three weeks later, they're still spouting the same stuff before, as if the words never really got all the way through. Right.
2: Yeah, right. I, I think it's habit and indoctrination, and
1: it's well, hard
2: and to change your.
3: And
1: your thinking. It, let's <laughs> let's the the human condition hasn't changed much over many 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 years, and we all want. It's it's difficult to take responsibility for your own relationship with God. It, I don't. You know, I know the Bible says his burden is easy and his yoke is light and all this stuff. But
2: it also says, take up your cross and follow me,
1: <laughs> which which is difficult because you are then instead of assigning responsibility to a leader that you elect and put in office. To be your middleman, you then actually are going to God, the, the true God of the universe yourself, and you are responsible for that. That's a different response. That's a personal relationship. That's way different than just participating and or just watching and observing you know what i mean
0: yeah i forget the theologian um not sure i'm going to remember it right if i try to guess so i'll just leave it un, unattributed for now okay but somebody put a thought out there in the past that said you know what the lord is going to hold us we all acknowledge that the lord is going to hold us accountable for the things we do we better get used to the idea that the lord's going to hold us accountable for the things we don't do as well ooh that's and...
1: so true Wow. So when I
0: get discouraged and think maybe I should stop recording podcasts or maybe I should just go totally political and leave the spiritual part out of it. Right. That reminds me that no, I'm I may be somewhat unique in putting this combination of things together. Right. And if I don't do it, who will? That's right.
1: well, and we all have different things that we're called to do and obviously that's something you're called to do. But you're right. I I'll never forget my friend uh and I said this on the Muse we we use my friend in high school who came to me one day and just said, "So, what are you doing with your piano skills?" You know, and I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "You have a gift, man." He wasn't even a believer, and he said, yeah. "You have a gift, and what are you doing with it? Because you have this for a reason. You you know, someday you'll be gone, and your gift will go with you. What are you going to do with it now? You know, it's silly not to do something with it." And boy, I'll tell you what, there are a ton of people. That are very gifted in different areas. It's why some people will never branch out into their own business or their own, you know, they'll, they're, they're, it's fear, like we talked about before. And, and you'll, you'll, you know, that, that little thing that in, in Who Moved My Cheese that said, if you weren't afraid, what would you do? It would change everything on how we looked at, at stuff. And some of us have a lot of talents and gifts and stuff that God has given to us, but we're not using them. And it's a sin
0: when you see whole churches do that too yeah. which is one of the things that I kind of mentioned when I was kind of thinking through the the why go to church sort of thing and why do some people not go yeah when the church in the walk the earth podcast it's that spin-off show is basically talking about leaving a church that lost its way and looking at lots and lots of different options for continuing to be an active participant in Christian denominations right we're changing denominations not just churches so we visited lots of places but I would describe the church we left as having this notion that all you really have to do is put your signs on the marquee and start, start worship service on time and people should show up. (laughs) And if they don't show up, then it's God's will that they not be there and that's to their peril. Hmm. And my attitude is a little bit more, you know, Matthew 25, great commission. Right. So one of the last things I asked them before I finally got fed up and left was whether going and making disciples is about putting up our show times and putting on a good show every Sunday. Right. Or going and making disciples implies we ought to be out in the community, mm-hmm. talking yeah. with people who don't want to come. Right. Mm-hmm. And the church I'm going to now, that's kind of their mentality. I mean, they're not even meeting in a church, they're meeting in a community center. Right. So because the, they're putting. Because it,
1: the building isn't as important as the people.
2: I, I know we were involved. Um, you know, in big congregations at times where it seems like half the elders' meetings are just talking about building about the building maintenance. Right. And, you know, are we going to paint the church or this year? Are we going to put new carpet in? Or, you know, and it's like, wow, you know. <laughs> so we have scores
1: is, of people starving in our community and needing assistance, and we're sitting there talking about carpet color.
0: The Carpet Wars. Yes. yes.
2: Or I, I remember recently, and I won't share names because I don't want to come back to that church, but um, a lady left her church because they were having um, some self-help groups like um NA or AA kind of thing at the church.
1: Celebrate Recovery and different things like that.
2: Well, it wasn't that. I think they were actually the... Oh, they were the actually, N- like,
1: NAAA. Okay, all
2: right. And the church um, was, you know, really opened up to help people in the community and let the, their building be used for for people that were in need. And there is a conflict at the church because she accused them of stealing some paper plates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a few paper Would plates. Would you like them back? And she she left the church— Because she was complaining that they made the church messy and they stole some paper plates. And I think, you know, it was like, really? And (laughs) so anyway, and then there were some other people in the church were saying, you know, we have a lot of homeless in this area. Maybe we should open the the church apartment in the basement that has a shower maybe we should open that up so that people can come and get cleaned up and right. she was like no we can't do that you know it's like yeah. oh man <laughs>
0: yeah we had we had a big church flap at that church about whether somebody had stolen a bulletin board Ugh. and we said well they didn't steal the bulletin board they moved it from the fellowship hall into one of the classrooms right and their argument was that they were they had stolen its location <laughs> <laughs> that it's supposed to be in the other spot. And there was actually a discussion in a council meeting about whether the police should be involved in the vandalism that occurred because this bulletin board was moved without the approval of the trustees.
1: No, are you oh, kidding? Wow.
0: No, I'm not kidding. That is... There were several occasions when accusations led to, well, when I was serving as the chairman of the church council during my part of that tumultuous period, I would just force the issue. When somebody would start talking about this, I would just stop to me and said. I got my phone. I'm ready to call 911. You know, so if, if you if you're going to say that some crime was committed, then let's bring the police in here. But when the police get here, you best not be filing a false report. Yeah, that's right. If we find that they just put the tea kettle in a different place and it's never left the church building, you're going to be answering to the police yeah. about whether or mm. not you chose your words poorly. And um, yeah, on, on more than one, on one occasion, actually, I actually had to to tell people that um, the gossip was a sin. And that if we were going to all leave this nine o'clock church meeting and tell the staff member that she was about to lose her job before the staff parish relations people had a chance to tell her in person the next morning. Right. That we should stop going to church on Sunday because the Holy Spirit's not living within us.
1: Wow. And
0: that was how ugly it was.
1: They didn't really like you much, did they?
0: Well, again, same thing as, you know, somebody needs to be there to call people to. Somebody sometimes has to say, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. And we forget that those are words that Jesus spoke to Peter.
2: Mm -hmm. who is who is one of his best friends and like the inner core of his ministry.
0: (laughs) If the person who is central to your vision for the future of the entire world cannot hear you say, say, get behind me, Satan, you're on the wrong path here then we probably shouldn't be doing ministry together. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And yeah. we're know, all cause... human and we all do stupid things. And we need people to hold us accountable.
1: <laughs> so so in essence then the answer to that question then, that I asked you is you feel that you are you go to church in some aspects to bring to bring a different perspective to the people that are maybe there and only in church. So there you go, that's part 1 of our interview with Greg Blanchard right here on the Taking With You podcast starring my darling wife Amy.
2: I wasn't starring me.
1: <laughs> well, if you want to hear more from Greg, come back next week cuz we'll have the second half of the interview and we get into some really interesting topics. Uh definitely controversial but at the same time really kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I I think it's always good to hear some different opinions and you know, it might not change your own but Maybe I will. Never know.
1: And you know what they say?
2: No. No. What do they say?
1: They say opinions. You know what the opinions are like? Belly buttons. Everyone has them.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I thought you were going to say that quote for me, but you
2: didn't. No, I forgot that one. <coughs> I, that's odd because usually I know most of your quotes.
1: All right. Well,
2: yeah. Mm. After 28 years of marriage, 28 years.
1: <laughs> Well, okay, so thanks, everybody, for listening. If you would like to get a hold of us, it's really easy.
2: You can get a hold of us at rick at takenwithyou.com or amy at takenwithyou.com.
1: Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rick.amy or rick.amy, rick.moyer or amy.moyer. And if you'd like to help us since we just paid a whole bunch of money for hosting and a bunch of other things, you can send a donation into the podcast if you'd like to. Uh, No pressure, obviously, but we would really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go to PayPal and type in rick at takingwithyou.com. That's the PayPal address. Or go to our website, takingwithyou.com, and click on the Donate Now button. Yeah. That's easy. Mm -hmm. That's easy, and it's not cheesy. What are you doing? Sure, we can pray. I thought, I wonder what she was doing.
2: I made the little praying hand. Anybody
1: want prayer? We'll pray for you right now. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Lord, thank you for uh, having Greg on the program and allowing us to be able to just pick his brain <clears throat> and to speak to him uh, about his heart. And it was just so good to hear the different things that he had to say. And Lord, it encouraged my heart. I hope it encouraged others who are listening as well. God, thank you again for Anthony uh, oh, You know, introducing our program to Greg. And Greg being coming one of our friends and, and participating on the show, we, we certainly appreciate that. So, Lord, bless them and bless him. And we ask God for blessings upon every person that's listening to the podcast within the sound of our voice. Help us be who you want us to be. Help us to look more about that relationship with you, uh, that, that it being personal is something important in our lives. So we just thank you, God, for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. that's kind of a bumbled prayer. Sorry. You I'm know, so eloquent.
2: That's the thing with prayer, though. I think it's technically talking to God. And so when you're talking to someone, it's more important that you just speak from your heart than you have every word. I, yeah, I got to pray with
1: a friend this week. Perfectly
2: who, perfect.
1: Who uh, prays like I do. It's was kind of fun.
2: Like you're talking because that's what well, Paris I mean, that is, is talking. Is, yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't think that God is impressed with thys and thos. He doesn't care.
2: Except for, I think I told you this. I was, I read a book one time and it talked about how in the olden times, <sighs> that if you were very familiar with someone that you would actually use thy or thou. It, it was like a,
3: a
1: term of endurance. Ter-
2: yeah, like. You wouldn't use the word you unless it was like a stranger and you were mad at them. You, put that down.
1: Thine, put that down.
2: Yeah, but it'd be like.
1: And picketh up that other thing. Like. (laughs) Okay, so that's another discussion and another day. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. But we don't talk like that anymore. That's right, Amy.
2: Um, This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. Why are your hands red?
1: Okay, so I was <laughs> playing with the soda string machine. Uh-huh. And we found this this uh, sugar-free um, strawberry crush mix. Mm-hmm. And the dog was loves to play with it's the soda string like machine. It's
2: just those little powders, that you, like and iced tea powders. So I opened the powder. Yeah.
1: I poured it into the carbonated water. Mm-hmm. And went over and dropped a couple pieces of ice in the container. And that was a no-no because it acted like Mentos and Diet Coke. Okay. And the And the drink mix shot out, not all the way
2: uh-huh. mixed in
1: yet, and got all over me. And apparently... Stains your
2: hand yeah. I'm glad it
1: didn't hit my face because tomorrow would, Church would have been funny
2: <laughs> They go, is Amy beating you up again Rick?
1: I say
3: yes, yes she abuses <laughs> me Help me
1: Yeah right Yeah right on the back of the, <laughs> the notes for, for Sunday morning Help me, I'm being held captive by Amy
3: You would like that
1: <laughs> Alright bye okay, everybody Okay bye have a good- oh, my gosh.
3: But it's all- On the ring Waiting for someone to tell you everything at the end of the line, of the line. Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's all right Even if the sea around Somewhere down the road When somebody plays At the end of the line the Purple Haze Happy to feel that At the end of the fire, end of the And it don't matter If you're by my side